0: You are listening to The Tish with Rabbi Michael Knopf, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Rabbi Michael Knopf, please visit MikeKnopf.com. For more information about other
1: Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. We are uh, continuing in our uh, series of uh, What's the Point of Judaism? Uh, studying uh, mitzvah by mitzvah, commandment by commandment, uh, uh, in the Torah, um, to, uh, to to talk through uh, what the rationales are for, uh, for for various commandments, focusing especially on commandments that are uh, still applicable today, things that uh, that Jews do, um, or at least Jews are supposed to do, quote unquote, uh, and uh, uh, and or um, uh, commandments that that seem so. Um, um, uh, irrational or obscure, it it uh, it, um, it uh, it's worth um, investigating what their uh, what what their reasoning is. You know, the classic example of that when we studied this one is the red heifer, right? It's not operable today, uh, but it's you know held up there as the classic example of a commandment that's in the Torah that has no rational basis. So um, obviously, we uh, wanted to investigate what its rational basis may or may not have been. Um, uh, the text that we've been looking at is the Sefer Achinuch, which is a, a 13th-century uh, halachic text, uh, writ, composed in, uh, in in Barcelona, um, and uh, still uh, um, a very um, uh, normative today in uh, in, in halachic uh, communities, uh, in conservative, uh, Orthodox communities, um, and even Reform communities. This, this text is still studied um, in a uh, in, in a in on in a legal manner to Uh, To uh, uh, use as precedent in legal decisions, etc. So this is a serious text that we're looking at, and what he does is he goes through each mitzvah Parsha by Parsha, mitzvah by mitzvah, and uh, and tries to um, outline what the uh, various laws are for that mitzvah, um, and then uh, um, and then to offer um, his take um, on what the uh, reasoning is for that uh, that that commandment. And so the question that we that the, or the series of questions that we that we're asking um, are as follows, right? Um, you know, one. What's the reason for the for the commandment? In other words, what's the job it's trying to get done? Um, two. Um, uh, does it work? Right? Um, does it achieve its objective? Um, does it do the job that it's trying to get done? Um, uh, uh, three. Um, uh, is that a job that needs to get done in a person's life, right? Um, or is it a job that was made up, right? Uh, you know, uh, we could think of uh, what some of those are. And then, and 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 four, um, is it the most effective tool to get that job done? Could there have been another ritual, another commandment uh, that that would have been offered that was better? All right, so I want you to hold all those questions in your head. Today, we're going to look at Tefillin. Um, nothing more than Tefillin, uh, page uh, oh. so page two hundred seventy-two. So Tefillin is an interesting one. Um, and in some ways, uh, uh, it, the, the the rationale is is already given in the Torah. The, uh, tefillin is commanded in a couple of places, uh, but notably in uh, in in last week's uh, Torah portion VaEtchanan, uh, in the uh, Shema paragraph. Right, uh, it says ukshartem that you should bind uh, the words of the Torah uh, on uh, on your arm um, as a uh, as a sign, um, and they should be a, a reminder between your eyes. Um, in other words, that that uh, that you have some sort of visual reminder um, that is uh, that by the Torah's design, I think it was supposed to be constantly on you. You were supposed to constantly be wearing it in the same way that you would be wearing tzitzit all the time. Um, The fringes, you'd be wearing tefillin all the time. And indeed, uh, for a lot of Jewish history, that's uh, uh, or at least ancient Jewish history, that's what was done. People wore tefillin all the time. It wasn't until the uh, rabbinic period, um, it seems, that the practice uh, uh, um, uh, came to be to wear tefillin only in the mornings. Um, There were some Mainly practical considerations for that. Um, one is um, it makes it uh, if, if if Tefillin word uh, practice the way it's practiced today with the leather straps and boxes, etc cetera. Um, it makes it very hard uh, to uh, to you to know to function to work. If you're a wood chopper and you weren't Tefillin, it's not uh, not so easy. Um, which by the way is one of the reasons I think why the uh, practice came to be to wear to fill in on your weak hand. instead uh, that's, that's, the, uh, that's the law um, uh, because uh, that way you'd have your strong hand at least free to do your work. Also the other
0: in uh, bathroom.
1: Right, so the other reason, um, which I don't remember if I photocopied that page or not, but you're supposed to wear to fill in a state of, of, uh, of bodily clean, cleanliness. Not ritual purity, because everyone is ritually impure, but bodily cleanliness. In other words, you're not supposed to fart. And that's the that's what the, uh, the the Talmud says. You're not supposed to fart when you have tefillin on. Right? And so unless you uh are really good at like, you know, knowing your body and then taking off the tefillin, you know, in just the right time and then putting it back on. Uh, so they just had the tefillin you wear you wear only in the morning. Um uh, but uh, but but the but all of the particulars of the law are very unusual, right? Uh, so the Torah doesn't say anywhere uh, that uh, that the bindings need to be uh, black leather straps. The boxes need to be constructed a certain way out of black leather. The, that doesn't say what the how the what what should be written on the scrolls, and uh, doesn't say like how, how the boxes should be decorated. Right? And everybody's head to fill in has uh, two shins on it, one with three prongs, and one with four prongs. Um, it it doesn't say any of that. There's a, uh, a list in the Talmud of all of those particulars of, uh, of Tefillin. It's an amazing list because it goes through one by one all of the features of Tefillin as we know it. Um, and it says, you know, the, the, the shin of Tefillin Shel Rosh, halacha lemoshe the leather of Tefillin, you know, the leather straps, halacha lemoshe In other words, each law is listed as a law given to Moses at Mount Sinai, which can mean one of two things. Either that uh, it was an oral tradition that God told to Moses at Mount Sinai, or it's rabbinic shorthand for we have no earthly idea where this practice comes from, it's just what we do. Um, so there there's all these particulars its the film that are uh, that are um, uh, uh, very um, uh, um, obscure um, and so that is part of the mystique of the of, of the practice and there's one other thing that i want to point out before we delve into what the seferachinu says um, which is that um um uh harabim um, uh, to our uh, to our dismay and uh, because of our many sins Um, tefillin seems like one of the practices, one of the Jewish practices that may not make it um, you know the, the the Jewish practices have have lived and died, um, and uh, and lived and died out. And and in our era, it looks like there are going to be a number of Jewish practices that when I say make it, I mean like uh, make it as a broadly uh, um, uh, um, observed Jewish practice in the manner of a Passover seder. It looks like uh, you know the the way the statistician showed the Passover seder is going to make it um, into this new era um, of, uh, of of not only Jewish living but living in general that we're moving into that's much more open and fluid, um, where, where some practices uh, um, are, are falling by the wayside. Um, uh, uh, if you, you know, um, you can see it uh, when you go to a, a daily minion and the people who are not uh, um, the regulars in the minion um, uh, don't know how, don't own to fill in, um, aren't interested in trying. That's that's really the big issue because most
0: daily minions have somebody who's there who's willing to help you do it. Sure,
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're all uh, school. They teach it here. Well, we do teach it here, um, uh, but not. I just have
0: no idea. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, Right. It's a it's 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 a tough one. you know, the I remember when I was uh, um, the the process of becoming bar mitzvah. The synagogue that I grew up in, um, everyone had to go every Sunday morning to Minionaires, Um and uh, and and uh, and that was a time you had to you know like you could only miss a couple during during the course of the year, um, and and kids went with their parents, you had to go with your parents um, and you, and uh, and at least the boy, then, I think it was just the boys, it might now, if they still do it, there might be the girls as well, but the boys um, uh, the, the the parents and kids had to put on tefillin and it was a process of learning to put on tefillin, you got accustomed uh, to doing it, and then afterwards you got like the best breakfast in the world with grits and, and chocolate milk and it was really good But um, Southern breakfast <laughs> Southern breakfast uh, but uh, um, uh, so, so uh, but I think you're right. I mean, I think that the, even though we do teach it in, in our in our religious school, um, one of the challenges of uh, religious school education generally is that practices that require um, a lot of um, exposure and and uh, and and practice, like to fill in, um, uh, don't uh, don't play well in. The in that model of a couple hours a week religious school, you have like so much information, so much material to cover. Um, so, so Tefillin is a hard one, uh, and I'm not talking specifically about us. I, mean, I think that uh, you know Tefillin is probably a, a a practice that is observed by a very small percentage of Jews worldwide, right? Um, you know, uh, within within the Orthodox world, it's a very high percentage, uh, at, at least of people who put it on infrequently, um, and uh, um, but uh, uh, but in most of the rest of the Jewish world which is most of the Jewish world um, it's uh, not a very highly uh there are mock who do it every day up there
0: come home and they don't they see their friends not doing it and it really does make you feel
1: different yeah other yes should
2: have it on Sundays um, That's a great idea, uh, but with the parent, I think the yeah. parents
1: is wonderful. It's uh, so it's something that we've talked about. It's it's hard, it's hard to get the parents to do anything um and it's hard it's hard also to uh to, to make requ- you know we, we make requirements for barbat mitzvah and we call them requirements uh but uh but there's no there's no teeth to them it's not like you know what will happen if uh, if, if, uh, if if you know the family doesn't show up will we really say to them okay well you can't have a bar mitzvah I don't know um it, it hasn't been tested um so uh, uh but in any event right, so the, so um this is the challenge so, the, so um, one of the uh, um, questions is uh, is you know um, uh, is Tfillin um, um, will it be uh, will we what will be we, we be losing if we lose that practice? In other words, what is the what is the job it's 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 supposed to be getting done, and is that an important job to get done? Right. In other words, is this a practice it's willing to fight for? Um, so that's uh, something to keep in mind. Um, and, uh, and and so uh, here's what uh, Sefer Chinuch says. Mishar sheh uh, mitzvah. So i on 270, uh, 270 in the Hebrew in the middle, 271 where it says <laughs> the root. Mishar mitzvah lefisha ha adam biyoto ba'al chomer yimashach behechrach behechrach. Excuse me, achar ha Okay, the root of the mitzvah is that uh, a person is a material being. We talked about this a little bit last time when we were talking about Shema. Um, person is a material being um, and is uh, constantly uh, um, uh, chasing after his uh, lusts or his desires. ve-ha-rev. <laughs> because it's the nature of uh, physical matter um, to, to, um, uh, to seek whatever is a, a, a pleasure and gratifying and to become mixed up in it. It, uh, we you know that we, it's it's the nature of being uh, being physical, being material, to be drawn after material things. It's part of our biology, right? Um, you know, we, we we have metabolisms. We we have to eat. We have to drink. We have we have uh, drives to, uh, to 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 have, have have sex for reproduction and for pleasure. Um, uh, we have uh, we have all sorts of physical drives, and so it's our it's our it's it's built into our nature to to uh, to, to draw after those things. Kesus keferid en you know, like a, just like a, a, another animal, like a, like a horse or like a, a like a mule, and um, that doesn't understand. In other words, we're we're really, in a lot of ways, no different from our cousins in the rest of the uh, animal kingdom. Um, um, we're not, uh, uh, but w- the one difference is that we have a uh, soul, we have a, a godly spirit um, that God uh, graciously uh, gave us um, in order to, uh, to guard us from sin. Now, that doesn't mean that, that all physical desires are sinful, um, it just means that, uh, that, that, that sometimes our, our physical drives um, can uh, lead us to uh, behaviors that are um, not appropriate. Um, that uh, that that are uh, transgressions. Um, you know, by, uh, our our physical desires don't necessarily distinguish um, uh, between uh, the appropriate and inappropriate times to have sexual relations, the the appropriate or inappropriate foods to eat, etc. Right? So we have um, we have a, a, a what's that? <laughs> right. That's right. Ask, ask, uh, ask Carlos, some, uh, Jack, what, was that? <laughs> car, what was it? Uh, yeah, Carlos danger or James something like someone. that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, <laughs> right. Yes. Ask some congressmen Congress. Putting on too well I'm that. not sure. Right. Um, ask some of our congressmen. Um, uh, yes. Uh, unfortunately, um, right, and so uh, so we have a we have a soul that God gave us to uh, uh, you know sort of our Jiminy Cricket, right, uh, to, to help us uh, have our conscience be our guide. Uh, so the premise is that our soul comes from heaven. And we are physical, material beings, um, and uh, the, the the heavenly soul was brought down from uh, from the from the godly realms and placed into this, you know, dirt and muck that is uh, that, 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 that is us. And so our soul is actually far from uh, far from its source. Um, this is a, um, a, 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 an, an element of very uh, popular philosophy of the of the time, which is a sort of uh, body soul dualism, um, that uh, that that our bodies um, are from Earth, our souls are from God. We were uh, the ghost was implanted into the machine, um, and uh, and is constantly desiring to get back to its source. And what you should do is uh, try to um, um, uh, enable your soul as much as possible to connect with God, which means denying pleasures of the flesh um, as much as possible because they, they serve as a barrier between you and God. Um, uh, the, the extreme of that um, is, um, is uh, asceticism that you have in, in various cultures, or even um, bodily mortification that you, uh, that you have in some traditions. You had it in Judaism too, in some uh, um, uh, uh, traditions within Judaism, notably a group called the Hasid Ashkenaz the, the the early pious people of uh, Germany um, were uh, very uh, fervent believers in that uh, in that sort of split um, but I don't think he's going quite that far but he's basically saying that you have this godly soul that's trapped in this earthly body and it is very far from home right and um, it's very far from heaven. Um, it's, uh, uh, it has a difficult time um, uh, um, winning out against the uh, the, the physical playwright. It's evenly matched, but when it is far away from its source, its power source is God, right? When it's far away from that source, your soul, it has a hard time um, uh, defeating, overcoming your physical drives. It's sort of like...
2: Tov.
1: Yes, right? Your, your, your physical desires are your yetzer Hara, your, your godly soul is your Yetzer Hatov, um, and your Yetzir Hatov um, uh, needs uh, periodically to be reconnected to its power source, which is uh, God, right? And it's far away from its power source when it's on Earth. Uh, it's sort of like uh, Superman um, needs to be, like, when, it, when Superman gets closer to the sun... Um, he uh, replenishes his superpowers on Earth. The further he is away from the sun, his superpowers um, uh, diminish, and that's why he goes to the South Pole um, to the Fortress of Solitude uh, because uh, because it has direct exposure to sunlight, right? Um, so we, our souls are like that too. Uh, our souls need to uh, to changed a lot from what I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Our souls need to be uh, um, uh, have um, um, opportunities for direct connection to God right because uh, otherwise our physical bodies overpower it overpower it constantly and therefore um, uh, it needs help uh, our soul it needs guards to protect it from its evil neighbor um pen uh, yakum lest uh, the uh, um, its enemy uh, the enemy of our soul, which is our physical body, rise up um, against it to uh, to kill it. <laughs> uh, since it is uh, in its neighborhood, uh, it's, it's under its dominion um, and under its hand. In other words, um, the the soul's not in its territory anymore. When it's on earth, it's in the body's territory. The body has control. The body has dominion. Um, so um, so it means that the soul needs all the help it can get. Um, in order to help it um, um, uh, win out over the uh, the, the power of the, uh, the the biological, the bodily, the material drives, um, and uh, um, and uh, and so the argument is going to be that to fill in is one of those safeguards, one of those things that helps the the protect the soul, defend the soul in its uh, in its ongoing struggle against the body. V'ratzah hamakom l'zakotenu anachnu am hakadosh. And so God uh, wanted to uh, merit us His holy nation. Vitzivanu lahamid shomrim giborim savivla, and He wanted to um, um, uh, establish uh, powerful guardians around the body. V'hem shenitzavinu leval nafsiq di v'etora And that's why we were commit, commanded to not stop um, uttering words of Torah day and night. We should constantly have words of Torah on our mouth. We should constantly have words of Torah around us because um, they are at least symbolically um, connections to God, reminders of God, um, uh, closer to our bodies, closer to um, uh, to earth, and therefore they, they provide strength. Their weaponry, as it were, not um, in a metaphorical sense. Their weaponry, their their armor um, uh, in the uh, that the soul can use in its ongoing struggle against the uh, the, the body. In the same way that we are supposed to uh, wear the four corners, the four tzitzit, the four fringes on our garments, um, and and we're supposed to put the mezuzah on our doors, um, and uh, so too we're supposed to put the tefillin on our our hands uh, and on our heads. Uh, it's so it's so we remember um, that uh, we stay away from uh, from uh, from the oppression of our hands, um, is the, uh, um, the the phrase they use. In other words, the the uh, the the the, um, the Overpowering that our, that our body uh, has to lead us astray, um, and that we won't be drawn after our eyes, the lusts of our eyes, and after our inclination um, uh, of our heart's thoughts. In other words, uh, um, that we won't be uh, drawn after uh, those things that uh, that that we should we should try not to be drawn after. Um, and so essentially, we, what we need are um, our, our soul needs. Uh, our soul needs uh, support, needs physical reminders, um, needs cues um, to to uh, to know that uh, that that uh, it uh, where it's what it's supposed to do in this ongoing struggle um, that we have with our with with our. Um, uh, Basest inclinations, um, and so tefillin, like a handful of other practices, um, are uh, are are meant to be um, those kind of safeguards, those kind of um, uh, those kind of uh, um, um, practices. Now, um, that I think is uh, uh, in part why um, uh, tefillin um, are um, um, th- there's something like um, uh, almost uh, visually like armor about tefillin. Um, and uh, and, and uh, armor, uh, in part, used to be constructed of, uh, of metal. Um, excuse me, of, uh, of leather. Uh, metal, of course, obviously, as well. Um, uh, but metal might be a, a harder thing to, to, to uh, wrap around yourself. Um, uh, but, uh, but I think that it's supposed to look like armor. Um, and I think that there's something to what he's saying here, um, that uh, um, it, is, um, it is much harder. I think um, to uh, um, to, uh, um, uh, uh, to to be um, uh, um, uh, drawn after those uh, um, physical urges that uh, might lead us astray when you're wearing Tefillin. Um, I think that in that sense, it uh, it, it, uh, it it does that job, um, and I think it does it well. And I think that the way it's designed is it meant to visually um, uh, look like armor. A little bit later, it talks about the placement of the tefillin, and you're supposed to how you're supposed to place. We're just talking about the tefillin shell here, and you're supposed to place the tefillin shell on your uh, bicep. Um, and the reason for that, I think, is a couple of things. The the first, and he mentions this one here, which is that it's close to your heart. Um, and you see that one of the things that that it's uh, that, that, uh, that um, it, it assumes here is that uh, um, uh, the desires of your heart might lead you astray um, you know the 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 heart sometimes wants things our emotions uh, sometimes uh, uh, lead us to places that uh, that that aren 't good places um, you know um, we get angry and we do things that we shouldn't do, or we get sad and we do things that we shouldn't do, or we um, or we get lustful and we do things that we shouldn't do. Um, so having um, uh, words of Torah close to your heart, and that's, you know, it's, uh, that's, I think, why they're there, um, to be close to your heart. And why ultimately, another reason why it's on your left arm uh, for most people um, is that it's uh, the side of your body closest to your heart is because it's, uh, it's supposed to be that kind of uh, armor uh, reminding you not to... Uh, uh, to, to to keep to keep track of, of the uh, desires of your heart. I'm not saying every desire of your heart is bad, but to make note of the things that might be good or might be bad. Um, and the other, which uh, Sefer Chinuch doesn't mention, um, is that it is um, uh, it, the bicep is, is symbolic of your physical power. And there's uh, all sorts of things that we're drawn to do because of our physical ability to do them um, uh, that uh, we Probably shouldn't do, um, and uh, and so uh, Tefillin I think um, uh, 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 is is designed to be a safeguard against uh, against those things as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the other piece of it is the binding of them. I think fits in very much to uh, to, to at least the worldview of what uh, Sefer Chulinoch is saying here. In other words, it uh, it's it binding is is meant to feel and look and be restrictive and so binding something you know tying yourself down um i think in some ways is I mean, we're not supposed to be um we're not supposed to be prisoners right um of uh, uh but we're but we're supposed to remember that uh um that uh, that that we should um that that we are in control of our of our physical urges um, we don't have to be led uh, uh, um, astray or to be uh, led to do anything unless we, we choose to do it. Um, so tying our, our physical bodies down is a reminder that, uh, that that we are ultimately in control of our of our drives and desires. Or we can ultimately be in control of our drives and desires. Um, there's one other thing that I want to uh, point out here before I open up to conversation. Um, which is, uh, um, if, you, if you turn toward the back, page uh, 278, this isn't directly related to the reasoning for the commandment, um, but I think it's worth us uh, uh, just glancing at nevertheless, because it is in a text that is uh, considered to be normative even in Orthodox circles. Um, and so I'm on uh, the, the bottom of page uh, 278 in the Hebrew 279 in the English. Um, and I'll just read in the English in, in, in the interest of time. Um, this precept is in force everywhere, at every time, for males but not for women, since it is a positive precept which time brings on. There's a, there's a category of commandments in the Torah, mitzvot asesh uh, has man graman, that uh, positive time-bound commandments, uh, that, uh, that, that classically women are exempt from the obligation to fulfill. But that's important language, exempt from the obligation to fulfill. That doesn't mean that they're forbidden from fulfilling them. And here he goes on to say, Yet in any event, if they wish to put tefillin to on, they are not to be prevented. And they have reward. Okay, so those are two very important things, especially when women are getting um, arrested for wearing ritual garb in, in, in Israel. Um, this is a very important law to keep in mind, noting that it is um, a uh, text that, uh, that is even um, uh, normative in orthodox circles, that, that women are not to be prevented from putting on tefillin if they want to fulfill the commandment for themselves, and they have reward for doing so. But it's not like the reward of a man, okay, granted... Uh, um, uh, for the reward of a person who is commanded and observes is not to be compared to the reward of one who is not commanded and observes it in other, there, there's, that's, a, that's a principle in Jewish law that it's better to be commanded to do something and do it than to, uh, than to do something even if you weren't commanded okay fine, so we'll put that aside because that's I think sort of ancillary to the question of whether women can or should do it Okay, um, they can do it and maybe they should do it because they do have a reward for doing it may not be what, what a man gets in this worldview because a man's commanded and a woman's not, but they still have reward for doing it. Um, and, in the, and he gives a couple examples. In the Talmud tractate Eruvin, at the beginning of the 10th chapter, the sages of blessed memory related that Michal, the daughter of the Cushite, Michal was uh, um, uh, the, the daughter of King Saul, the wife of King David, uh, used to put on tefillin. And the sages of her time did not prevent her. They said there too that the prophet Jonah's wife used to go up to Jerusalem for the festivals on pilgrimage, and the sages did not prevent her. Right? Um, I think that it is—it's not directly related to our question of what's the point, um, but it does have to do a lot with um, uh, how it's practiced and how we teach it uh, today. Um, um, uh, and uh, and I think that you know, I think that this gives a strong um, uh, credence that uh, that that uh, that went that. Girls should at least be um, exp- in the way that we want to educate uh, uh, boys in the practice of putting on tefillin. Um, for all, I think the important reasons that uh, he outlined um, of of what the value of tefillin is. Um, I think that we should um, uh, provide the same level of education to girls about putting on tefillin. Um, and, uh, and 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 uh, and and depending on your view of, uh, of, of where we are with Jewish law now, either to teach them in that um, when you become a bat mitzvah, you'll have a choice. You, can, you, you, um, you aren't technically obligated to do this, but you are certainly encouraged to and can, because I think the language here, you have reward. That's an encouragement. You're encouraged to and you can. Or and I think that there's a, um, this is a deeper conversation, but there's validity I think in saying that in our time we've uh, we, we've sort of um, uh, uh, washed away the distinctions um, uh, uh, between men and women with regard to the category of um, uh, positive time-bound commandments, um, and that uh, distinction doesn't really hold true anymore um, uh, in a social sense the way it did um, in in rabbinic. Times uh, and therefore men and women are equally obligated in uh, in, in in those kind of commandments. Um, uh, so either way, I think that um, um, you know this is an area in which you know um, uh, um, uh, in the conservative movement uh, we are still, I think, giving mixed signals to our um, to uh, um, uh, to our kids about uh, the value of commandments and the, the fact that we teach it to boys and not to girls or we say this is something boys do and not girls do, it indicates to the boys that this isn't really important. Because if it were really important, girls would have to do it too. I think that that's the message, um, and I, girls especially get the message that it's that because I don't have to do it, then it's not really important. Because if, because in our time, where there's equality of men and women, if it were really important, both would would uh, would, would have to do it. Um, so I think that that uh, that that it makes it uh, really important, and I think that this is a text that I would like to uh, encourage uh, many of my brothers and sisters in the Orthodox community uh, to uh, to seriously consider uh, uh, again as well. Um, and the floor is yours.
0: Well, in Orthodox women's minions, do women put on talis and tefil? Having
1: having answer. never been to one, I don't, know, I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know the answer to the question. Um, good question.
2: Okay.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: All right. Another voice in the background. And
2: also the shtaparene, like in Israel especially, put The women. No, no, but women no, do have, have
0: separate minions in Israel and in the U.S. Orthodox women. I'm not talking about whether men and women are praying ostensibly together.
2: <laughs> I, or did you, you know this? You sort of shocked me at the beginning when you said that you thought this practice would eventually no longer be, uh, be done. Because I think it's, it's so important. Why? For all the reasons that we talk, that you read about. But also, because it does—it does make us special as a people, I think, to do this and to show that it is important. Mm-hmm. And I think now more than ever, with the looseness and the everything goes kind of society that we live in, the more bounds that can tie us to a spiritual mm-hmm. self,
0: mm-hmm. the better. Mm-hmm. Do they wear tefillin in Tel Aviv?
1: Yeah. Do they wear it? Twil- Some people, I'm sure, wear it in Tel especially in a uh, suburb of Tel Aviv called Bnei Right, even. well, it's
2: <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: um, no, so, well, but
0: Chabad, I mean, obviously, sees the same thing you mentioned here. That's why. It's become such a big deal for them, at least in Israel, when you're walking down Ben Yehuda Street and they're there, and you put on tefillin today, and they want to work with you to get you to put it on. I think they probably do see the same thing you see.
2: Yeah. Maybe a, a more important custom to develop would be that of wearing the katan cc because that's with you all the time, right. not just when you pray. But when you meet the world, you have those reminders, so yeah. that's not going to happen either hmm. <laughs> do, I've never seen it
1: But do any women wear these? Show
2: us with the titsi
1: Oh uh, You mean the uh, tali katan? Uh, I've seen women do it Yeah uh, it's, uh, I, I, you know, I, sometimes it's hard to know because like if they're like me, they tuck them into I tuck my mine, mine into my uh, to my pants, so you almost never see them. Um, so I imagine that there are women who do the same thing if they if they do wear them. Um, you know, one of the things that it changes
2: that, your ability to
1: wear a low neckline—that's for sure. It, well, it does you can does get not you can so get. Does uh, V-neck. Well, yeah, yeah I, so there are V-neck ones. I, listen, you can you can uh, um, you can attach tzitzit to any four cornered garment. So I imagine you could make a four corner garment with a with a neckline that that matches whatever neckline you want to wear on the outside. Somebody
2: should go into business. It's a it's a it's a boom industry.
1: Uh, you know, listen, what, one of the things that you get into with with that and with tefillin is, um, is because for so long it's been a practice associated with what men do, um, that a lot of women, um, and I think validly so, uh, feel uncomfortable um, with the practice, not because they don't ideologically think that it's important, but because... Uh, viscerally, um, it, it feels like uh, it feels like men's clothing, right? That they're they, it feels like they're dressing in drag, um, and um, and so that's a real challenge, I think, for uh, for, for a lot of women. Uh, and I think one of the one of the good arguments for why um, this practice shouldn't necessarily be obligatory on women, uh, but but uh, but uh, but but encouraged potentially, right? Um, uh, because women should be able to make their um, uh, their their own decisions about their level of comfort with something. That uh, has historically been um, a, a, a male practice, but um, uh, but it is a, but it is a challenge. I, and you're right. I mean, I also it, it saddens me too uh, that the uh, um, that the practice seems to be uh, um, falling into disuse, at least in um, um, in, in the conservative world. Um, uh, and um, and 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 I wonder, you know, um, I mean, do you feel when you put on for those of you who put on tefillin, tefillin? when you put on tefillin, do you? Um, uh, does it does it do for you what uh, um, what Sefer Chinuch is claiming it's supposed to do? Not. What it's
2: supposed
1: to do? Oh, you missed that part missed of the conversation. <laughs> yeah.
2: Come back,
1: or take <laughs> here. You can read. Oh,
0: okay. But read the Hebrew. <laughs> you um, sort of do it routinely I was going to say number one it's routine and number two I really associate it with the morning prayer it's part of that yeah. mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to the separate binding and guarding And mm-hmm. uh, I, I really don't I mean I know forgetting the business about the body and the soul I mean I understand the guarding part of it is one of the major concepts behind it yeah. Yet I, you're right it's really pretty routine and so it's and it, it's tied to the tefillah, uh, not to doing it for the sake of doing it itself. The thing uh, is, if I were a woman, you've you, were, you were a man. If I didn't have to do it, I wouldn't do it
2: either. Mm-hmm. I don't see any sense in doing something you don't have to. Do. I think it's
1: a matter of well, it does take a little extra time. There's, there's a lot of things you don't have to do yeah. that you nevertheless do, right? You don't, you don't, uh, um, you don't have to give, uh, um, you know, more than a certain amount to charity, but lots of people do, right? Uh, because yeah. it's a nice thing. You don't, you don't have to live leave a, a, a good tip for your waiter, um, but uh, but you do because it's a nice thing to do, um, and because it's uh, because it makes you feel good, and because it makes another person feel good, and um, so there's a lot of things. That uh, we don't have to do that are still good things to do, um, but I guess the, so. The, what I'm hearing is um, um, uh, wh- so what would it, what what happens on days like uh, where, uh, did, well, besides Shabbos, because I imagine Shabbos fits into this scheme. Um, days where you you know don't make it to minion or you uh, or you or you forget to put on to villain or or whatever it is. Do you I, you feel I really only those put days? it on when I come here. I, yeah. I mean, I realize I should be putting it on at home. The daven for five minutes in mm-hmm, the end of it, mm-hmm. but I don't think of it that way. But it's connected to davening in the sense that if you that that, that davening would feel different if you didn't put on. Oh, filling. absolutely, yeah,
2: absolutely. So I put it on if I if I can't make it for sure. I have another set at home. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, my put dad it put it on every single morning. Every single morning.
1: Yeah. Um, I I think it's right. I mean, I think that my davening feels different when I'm not wearing tefillin. Um, and that, I don't mean Shabbat Shabbat davening. I think is different. And it's sort of like ingrained in me that it um, uh, that that it's not a tefillin time anyway. Uh, but uh, but but you know, like on I, listen on Tisha B'av morning, right, so where you don't wear it tefillin. Even, even it, more interesting
0: is whole of the when we
1: used to have those discussions: do you put it on or not
0: put it on those mornings. Yeah. The hohumoid, because the tradition here has been not to, but most Ashkenazis apparently do put it on at least briefly. Uh,
1: it's it's a it's an interesting one uh, because I. Um, being Ashkenazi, I uh, my uh, you, they say you're supposed to go by your parents' practice. Well, my dad's practice was to not put on. Tefillin. <laughs> um, uh, so um, uh, so that was a good uh, that was a good um, that's sort of what I rely on now. But uh, but I used to because I said well, in, nevertheless, I'm Ashkenazi. I'll put on. Tefillin. And then I went to uh, the Kotel one Cholom uh, Oed Pesach. Um, um, I think during my rabbinical school year, and I had to fill in on. And a couple of guys came. Over and, and started hassling me about putting on tefillin. Uh, you Ninety know, do percent a, party, be, right? You're right. And, and I think that the minhag Israeli in general, even among Ashkenazim, is is uh, is not towards on Kol Moed. And so now I don't because I got hassled at the kotel. Uh, but uh, uh, but it, but it does I mean like it feels? I think you're right. I mean I think it feels different to Davin when, when you when you don't have tefillin on. There's a there's a preparatory uh, element. Um, to, uh, to that act of, of putting on getting yourself ready to pray um, you know, wearing the right clothes, wearing you know, cloaking yourself, you know. Um, but in in some way, you know, if you want to like abstract it to a more philosophical point of view, and I think that, you, that, that that this could fit into. I mean, what you're doing when you're praying is is uh, is you know, recharging your soul, right? Reconnecting your soul to its source. Um, and so uh, and so, putting on tefillin um, as part of that structure uh, gets you ready to do that, right? It, it, it sort of um, uh, brings you closer. Uh, because it brings God closer to you. C- certainly, when you daven
0: shacharit, the whole
1: everything you do, putting on the tefillos, you really are
0: making yourself different
1: to yeah. do that davening. And, and I also think that what Charlotte said is important. You know that, that this is a practice that uh, um, really um, uh, is uniquely Jewish. Mm-hmm. And there's something, you know, there's a, there's only a handful of things. Um, that when you do them, make you feel you really, really, identifiably, uniquely Jewish. I think that that's one of the reasons that Chabad is so insistent on it. Um, uh, and uh, and and one of the things that I think it really does achieve. But it's interesting because
0: his his explanation between spirit and body is not particularly
1: uniquely Jewish. Right. That's true. Um, and, uh, and and but, but his it, conclusion is uniquely Jewish. And the truth of the matter is, <laughs> is that, that that's not a very good argument today to most people because most people, um, uh, uh, um, uh, to the extent that uh, that they um, that that, um, that feeling uniquely Jewish matters to them, um, which. Uh, most American Jews, I think being feeling uniquely Jewish does matter to them, but to the extent that it matters to them, something like 90% percent um, who are mainly not to fill in wearers, right um, uh, claim that, uh, that they feel very proud uh, um, about their Jewish identity right so so they, they don't they, they don't if that's the job that it's getting done, they don't feel like they need that tool to get that job done because they're doing other things that get that job done.
2: I think that. When you think about the kids and trying to teach them, the only way is to teach the parents. Yeah. Because the children are still young enough to learn from their parents. They haven't quite gotten to the teenage where they know everything anyhow. Yeah. But that if you can start with the parents even younger than pre Bat Mitzvah or Mitzvah and involve them and the kids in yeah. a program that that might help and it would help the parents for sure because I think that their lives at some point the parents lives are open to change and beyond that point then society takes over and it's harder.
1: You know the, it reminds me of a story that my uh, teacher Rabbi Brad Artson uh, tells of a time that he was a scholar in residence at a uh, at, at a synagogue and he was staying at the rabbi 's house um, and uh, that that particular synagogue um, uh, didn't have uh, um, more, you know weekday minion uh, the uh, the day that he was there. Um, and so his practice, uh, Rabbi Artson's practice, is to put on tefillin in the morning, daven in the morning. So, um, so he you know, uh, finds a spot in the, in the house, puts on tefillin, and starts davening. And the rabbi who he's staying with um, says, oh, let me join you. And he, and he puts on uh, te, tefillin and starts davening. And, the, and the, that rabbi's you know, seven-year-old son comes in and looks at his dad and says, Abba, what's that? Right um, and and Rabbi Arutzin, to be charitable, um, uh, says about that that, uh, that that Rabbi that it's not necessarily that the Rabbi didn't put on tefillin every day, but never did it in eyesight of his uh, of his child. So the child never saw or was never exposed to uh, to the practice. I think that you're really right, and you know um, this is true. In general, um, in terms of uh, Jewish education, that unless it's uh, um, reinforced by what the parents do, it, it matters very little uh, to most people. That's not true across the board. There are certainly people who take on um, a meaning, you know, meaningful Jewish life that is uh, um, different than what their parents did. Um, uh, I, I'm one of them, um, but uh, but I think for for most people, um, uh, most of what they uh, learn about what's important Jewishly comes uh, from what they. They see at home, um, and it uh, makes it really important. And the
2: way they learn about the world, yeah. and the way they feel about the world. Yeah. The Charlotte, I'm, g- I'm going to disagree.
0: Yes. Oh, go
1: ahead. Go
0: ahead. Oh, yeah, you I was no, going to say, I just disagree with Charlotte in that I think most Jewish men do understand what tefillin is, mm-hmm. have probably worn it at least at some point in their life, if only as a teenager, and just, you know, it's just not something they're going to do, period. They understand what it is. They understand this. They certainly understand it ties into the morning prayer. If not, this you know the reason of the guarding and making you think and everything. They just make a choice. Maybe it depends what you mean by most. Um, Well, conservative who who have had a conservative Jewish education,
1: right? So they're exposed to it. In other words, most people who uh, who grew up affiliated with a conservative synagogue. Um, were, have been exposed to it. Correct. Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably true. Um, Laser? Uh,
0: talking about twilling, it's very important to Jewish religion. Why women doesn't put the twilling? That's one question. Yeah. Why women put twilling on holidays?
1: Why not on holidays? Yes. Good question. So um, w- the the two questions were why... Do women generally you not? But on some assuming. Yeah. These? Um, so uh, um, classically, there is a, a category of mitzvot that uh, that that are called uh, uh, positive time-bound commandments. In other words, they're, they're commandments that are that uh, you, instead of you know, uh, you you shall not do something, they are you shall do this. Right. So um, you. Uh, a positive commandment is um, observe the sabbath day and keep it holy right or, or put on or uh, wear tefillin is a positive commandment time bound means that there's a certain time that you're supposed to observe it um, the rabbi said that women are don't have to observe commandments that are that are positive commandments that are time you bound have some explanation why oh um Do you want to tell you about it yeah the torah doesn't um uh, uh, Usually, the explanation is, um, uh, um, has to do with, uh, with, with the fact that, um, um, that, that, that women, um, had historically been occupied with other things um, during times that uh, that they would have otherwise had to put on children. to fill in and pray. Right, exactly. They they had to take care, the chil- take care of the children take care of the children, attend to the house, or things like that. Imp- um, and so
2: the important uh, things in life.
1: Right. Um, so they so uh, <laughs> if they were obligated to to come to synagogue at a certain time, it would be very hard at home. Um, uh, so that's I think at least one of the reasons why. Um, uh, but that reason doesn't exactly hold true anymore in a lot of households. Um, uh, uh, and, and, and to the extent that it does, it should also apply to men, because uh, men and women today more equally share the responsibilities of child raising. Um, so, um, uh, so it's an interesting um, uh, issue, but that's, cl- that's historically why. Um, the second question is, was, why don't we wear them on holidays and Shabbat? Uh, and the reason is that, uh, that Shabbat and holiday, since the tefillin are supposed to be reminders of the commandments, the rabbi said that Shabbat and holidays are themselves reminders of the commandments, so, um, so because it's those special days, you don't need an, another reminder, an external reminder, so you don't have to fall on those things.